I love movies. Gosh, I love movies. Here we go. Okay. You want to fit, let's, right. let's fix this music video because it's just like still frame. It's it looks like fan art. I have. I'm, it's like really weird it's CGI. Cool. Yeah, you want to? I think you should leave it. Just, just wait that. till it goes to the next song. All right. We'll roll the dice, dude. You know what we should get. Do you remember that? Um, what was that? What was that? That site call was like. Was like chat roulette. Remember that? I'm aware of chat roulette. Yes. We should do like a. We should, is that still around? I'm sure that it's out there. Yeah, if you if you want to, I don't know, see horrible things in people's houses that you otherwise wouldn't know are happening. Yeah. And chat roulette. Maybe not. Get on Maybe it. That's a bad idea. Yeah. All right. Should we do this? I think we're already doing this. How's it going, everyone? <laughs> Welcome to the Grand House Podcast with Dave and Matt. I'm not even drinking today. Really? I'm having a kombucha. I'm being yeah. I'm being healthy. Kombucha is good yeah. stuff. I had some. St- uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's like a little bit of alcohol in there, right? Yeah, kind of counts as partying on a. At the time of this recording, a Saturday night, Monday morning for you, young gonna... whippersnappers out there in quarantine land. Matt, how how we? I don't know. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, we are currently broadcasting from a virtual Valhalla, which uh, we've we've coupled and complemented with some sick. 80s music videos playing behind us so if you guys are just listening to us on itunes or spotify or if you're a mumble rapper on soundcloud and you want to see what we're talking about you can go watch the the virtual version of us which is currently in valhalla watching iron maiden videos on youtube yeah grind uh grindhouse podcast on youtube uh is that all one word i don't we'll link will be posted it will be posted on the somewhere We'll spin the dials. Yeah. But Matt, you had a great idea about sort of br- like using this time that we have available to us to sort of broaden our uh, our footprint a little bit. Not our carbon footprint. We're always looking to reduce that, but our digital footprint. And we have officially broken into the world of YouTube. Like with our podcast. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's what yeah, I thought that's what you're just saying. But but more than that, like we um we like YouTube so much that we we uh, well first off we got here uh, last week we did the YouTube sh- we did the YouTube show last week and um, so we've been here in in the world of YouTube in this part of this YouTube community and we've been seeing this folks this is a this is a madhouse it's it's a damn wasteland it's it's Mad Max it's insane it's a wild west I mean there is so much going on out here in this YouTube it's like uh, we didn't know it was like this we didn't we didn't know that we would. Uh, come into this like total carnival of just information, misinformation, uh, you know, just weird, crazy documentaries uh, on conspiracies, all kinds of insane stuff. And, um, so we, we've been here for about a week now. So I think we're pretty much experts on YouTube. We know everything about YouTube. We've nailed it. So we thought we should do a YouTube episode, not just an episode on YouTube, but an episode about YouTube, uh, you know, we, we've, we've been your guide to television shows and movies and uh, comic books, video games, all kinds of stuff. But we've never touched virtual reality. V- yeah, in a way. Yeah. But we've never we've never <laughs> touched on uh, the, the, the streaming, the biggest streaming service in the world. 
uh, and done an episode about just what's what's cool on YouTube. Like, what do we like? Which, which is interesting because you know a good portion of my film career, at least half of it, has centered in some way around YouTube. Yeah. You know, when I moved to Los Angeles for the first time, well, well, well the only time, when I moved to Los Angeles, you know, um, one of my first jobs within, and, and sort of the longest sort of continuous job that I had was um, first getting on as the production manager of a show. It was an animated kid show on uh, Cartoon Network, but it was called The Annoying Orange, which for those of you hipsters out there, was a was and maybe still is a popular YouTube channel. Yeah, it's the one where the pieces of fruit have mouths, and I've never seen the annoying orange man. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's not really. <laughs> you know, here's the thing about the annoying orange. The bummer. The, it was like, it's weird. Yeah. Right. And like, I always felt like, you know, like the natural inclination is to do what we did, which is to try to aim it towards kids and sell toys and T-shirts and stuff of that nature, right? But I thought they had it all wrong. I thought, you know, even though kids do like the show, parents hate the show. But there's probably a world where you, if we took the show into some Adult Swim territory, you know, we got kind of weird what, with wasn't it. Wasn't it on Adult like, Swim at one point? No, it was just on normal Cartoon Network. Oh, wow. Okay. Huh. Now, see, they, 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 they messed up. They really should have catered to like – the stoner crowd, like the same crowd that would get that that would later. I'm trying to remember the 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 order, like like chronologically speaking. Uh, what was the show with uh, the meatball and the yeah, that that fry that's and the soda? Aqua Teen Hunger Force. That everybody knows that show. Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Did that come out show. before? Yeah, that that was, it was like one of your one favorite. Of the, I still watch it. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's like for quarantine time or something, but uh, Adult Swim has made a bunch of their shows free right now, streaming. So, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger oh, nice. Force, Squidbillies, uh, Metalocalypse. I've been watching all that stuff nonstop through this whole uh, ordeal. It's keeping me keeping nope, me going. Nope. It's keeping me the day to day, man. It's the it's the beat of the drum that I march to, brother. As, okay, as all right. Well, now did French Aqua- fries and a guy named Carl. There are my now now did that show out did that show come out before 2012? Oh yeah yeah well that was uh like 2002 or something that was a while ago. Okay, yeah. well see all the more reason that we you could have believed that uh um if you just catered it towards a slightly older crowd it got weirder. Yeah. The same crowd that got into a meatball a uh a carton of French fries with a goatee <sighs> and a sodi. And could make it a, a popular, long-lasting television show. Might get into a talking orange. All right, Dave. Who was annoying? So, so, so that do you still watch it on YouTube? Are you recommending it? Is that like one of the? No, nah, I mean, I honestly, I don't. Once I got it, <laughs> okay. there's like a there's a slightly there's a slightly cathartic feeling when you finish a project. Yeah, and um, and oftentimes. When you get off at the end of it, and it was, by the way, it was very fun filming. I had a great time filming it. But, um, you know, you, you get done with it and you've lived with it for, in this instance, months. And so it's really tough to go back and, and watch it again, you know. I, I don't even know if they still do episodes. I mean, this was a long time ago. But the point I was trying to make was that so much of my traditional film career was sort of centered around personalities that made their name on YouTube, right? Um, right. This is a channel which I like. I like these guys. They're very nice guys. But as a vegan, like, I can't recommend it, which is Epic Meal Time. 
Do you remember that channel? Do you ever watch that channel? That sounds very familiar. It's it's where they make uh, big. Everything's big. The, the they cook. Yeah, everything's huge. Like uh, we did a we did a. I, I helped their actual YouTube channel on an episode where they um, they it, quote unquote the pirate invaded a cruise ship, which was really just a, a the docked Queen Mary out in Long Beach, and they um, and then they proceed. To build a pirate ship made of a, uh, a roasted pig, right? Using all kinds of weird stuff like bacon sails and sausages and things of that nature. Bake, uh, um, not that's a, yeah. That, can't advocate that, that for is this like uh, excessive use of. It's kind of it kind of a bit like of a savagery uh, in a way. <laughs> like I mean, make, yeah. making something out of a like I you know I I, I eat I'm I'm omnivorous but. Actually, the, the, yeah, the, the thing of like making sales out of bacon—it's like a—it's it's a bit Ed Gain. It's a bit Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. just in the farmyard. You know, it's that's strange. Yeah, I don't know if that's for me. Uh, right. I think if I've ever so, been so into like if I've ever made something that I, I did that thing where you take uh, cucumber slices and toothpicks and you you get the celery and you make the little car. God, I I hate cucumbers so much well but they make good wheels for celery cars and then you put peanut butter in the celery carrots Carrots, even better that's a better that's a better wheel that's a better it's way sturdier sturdier should have thought out so okay so we you could go off-roading with carrots so we've talked about some of the stuff you've worked on that we could find (laughs) on youtube but like what's good my man like what's good on youtube you know like when you're on youtube what do you do what do you what do you get into bro Right. Uh, outside of Naked Yoga? Is Naked Yoga on YouTube? You, it is on YouTube. Uh, something to look into. For those uh, of you who want to get primal, want to go back to your roots, want to really connect with the earth. No, um, I'll, well, I'll tell you, one of my favorite, absolute favorite things to watch on YouTube is, um, and, and it's actually a channel that's discontinued, so they only have like a, a finite amount of, of videos, but they're but like if you're a film dork like I yeah. am, there's a channel called Every Frame a Painting, in which the host broke down several elements of filmmaking um, in a way that was both accessible, I think, to people who maybe like who maybe like aren't super familiar with the way film works, but have a general interest in it. Like I, it's a channel that I wish was around when I first got into film. Who'll do something along the lines of, say, I think his name was Tony, was the creator, who do something along the lines of taking Marvel films and showing how um, there's nothing memorable about their music, this, like the scores in Marvel films. Like, can you think of a Marvel films score that's like really like that, that you can draw from memory? Oh yeah, uh, when the um, Black Panther is uh, fighting um, in. Avengers Part Two, uh, when he shows up, there's they have this kind of like dum 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 dum, and it's like really exciting, and uh, and then it dum 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 dum. I don't know, man. I'm just it's all like generic uh, orchestral. Uh, no, I have right. no idea what the like, Marvel scores. I, I I think, but the, but like if I said to you, if I said to you, uh, what's the music in Star Wars? Yeah, well, that's that's. Uh, Everybody knows the Star Wars theme, uh, right? I don't want to do so, it, but yeah. Well, yeah. Well, so he'll he'll take he'll take like for example, there's a scene at the end 
of um, Captain America where he's sort of looking and, and the, the score is actually really good, but it's it's like sort of buried in the background. And he'll just show the differences on how like you can take one scene and you can apply a different score to it yeah. and it completely changes and makes the scene way more memorable than what Marvel does, which is kind of like – and this is like one of the big criticisms that you could draw from Marvel films is that they're made so – sanitized and safe that nothing really sticks out but also nothing really sucks right right yeah you, yeah you know so it's kind of like you know what you're getting and you and like it's comfortable but it's like with the with the exception of like i do think the avenger movies themselves kind of uh break this rule a little bit but like the individual solo films definitely they're all very interchangeable in a lot of ways so things of that nature or another favorite video that he makes that i love that if you're a fan of filmmaking in any way Watch the difference between um, uh, the, the the kind of comedy that Edgar Wright directs uh-huh. versus traditional American comedy. What's an Edgar Wright comedy? Right. Edgar Wright. Oh, like uh, Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Hot Fuzz, yeah, so, Baby Driver. Of course, of course. He, uh, the British guys. He uses a lot more. Yeah, he uses a lot more. Yeah. He uses a lot more film technique um, in his comedy versus in America – a lot of American films rely purely on vocal gags. Yeah. Like, you know, you'll have, there might be a, a, an element of physical comedy involved in it, but a lot of it's like, you know, it's, it's Will Ferrell saying something funny and his performance is the comedy, right? right. Or the dialogue is the comedy. Whereas in an Edgar Wright film, you might get these sharp cuts to dictate like a, like a, the, the scene from the world's end, which is one of my, it's probably, Actually, might be my favorite Edgar Wright Dude, movie. World's End is an where, awesome movie, man. Where the one where they go to the bar and the, uh, they have to. Listen, it's they, so they have to great. Get, it's like a pub crawl with monsters from space or something. Yeah, like aliens. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. A, the characters were and great in that one too. I, I loved uh, like right. the, and, just the, the the way they all grew up and became totally different. And now they had a, yeah, that was great. Uh, Simon Pegg. Well, Simon Pegg was the one that was kind of kind of went punk, a little goth in a way, right? Yeah, like he he never really like matured yes. as a person. He was kind of like he was kind of like the Al Al Bundy, you know, still living his high school days. Those were like the best days ever, right? Right. You know, and all his friends had sort of grown up and matured and what have you. And so there's a scene. Uh, there's two scenes. There's a scene from uh, old school where Will Ferrell is trying to explain to everyone that he doesn't drink anymore. And then there's a scene from Hot Fuzz where you learn uh, that Nick Frost's character doesn't drink anymore. And it's great just the way it does it because there's a little bit of delivery, but then you go to the shot from the bottom of the of the pints where they're pouring the beer, pouring the beer, pouring the beer, and then click, and he's filling it with water. Uh-huh. Right? There's like a there's like a visual comedy behind a lot of what Edgar Wright does, whereas you just don't see that in American comedy as much. Um, and so, anyways, it's these kind of breakdowns that I think are really uh, palatable and really really informed, and they can really help you appreciate. And in some instances, it kind of might turn you off to some stuff you used to think was a lot better than it really was because you could sort of see these breakdowns and he does really easy comparisons. So every frame of painting, again, I, I'm, it's a bummer the guy decided to stop doing it. I think he got a real job in editing or something, oh, you know? I, man, that and sucks. I just heard about that channel this week. <laughs> I haven't checked it out yet and I was like all excited. Yeah, oh, really? Ramona was talking about it and I was like, oh yeah, I got to look at that. It's so good. Yeah, the dude, I think the dude got a job like as a film editor and he was just kind of too busy to keep it up anymore. I think he was doing it while he was in college. But it's, I mean, even though there's only a handful of videos there, it's definitely worth checking out. So that, 
that's one of my go-tos. You know, even though I've seen some of these videos a million times, like I always gleam or, or remind myself of some really good sort of film language when I watch them. That that is one of the things that YouTube is definitely good for, man. There is some great like movie critics on YouTube. Uh, good bad flicks, uh, renegade cuts. Um, uh, trying to think of some other of the guys out there, man, that just, they like kind of what you're, you know, what you're talking about where it's like guys going scene by scene and like getting into the, like the motion and the soundtrack and stuff versus like, yeah. uh, reviewers that get into the ethics of the whole picture, uh, or even like, um, there's one that I love and I'm trying to find his name right now. I've got, uh, a cell phone with me. You can't see it in the YouTube, but <laughs> no, there's a guy that does. So like, have you ever seen uh, a film called martyrs? No, it's, it's a really disturbing, like torture porn. Kind of, I don't want to call it torture porn because it's, it's different, but it's really disturbing, man. It's like they skin a woman. Al- okay. A woman gets skinned alive and kept alive. Uh, it's about a cult. Uh, I didn't watch it. But what I will do is go on YouTube for some of these, you know, some of these like extremely gory films, you know, that you're, you're like, I, I don't think I want to watch that. Well, YouTube is some of these guys almost like a service will watch the movie for you and tell you the plot. And, and that works <laughs> for me sometimes, man. Like I just, I don't want to watch All some right. super disturbing thing, you know? So, uh, so yeah, let's just go scene by scene with some guy that's like kind of funny and, uh, telling jokes and um he'll help you out he'll get you through it my favorite one is spooky rice who uh i i'm guessing that he gets his name from anime because just because he throws i mean for a guy that reviews disturbing cinema from like europe and like the you know some of the worst most horrible films ever made he uses more anime references than anybody i know he's just like you know, this guy got Super Saiyan powers and somehow survived the gunshot. But, like, yeah, if you've ever wanted to watch movies like, uh, uh, you know, The House of a Hundred Eyes, whatever that is. Let's see. <laughs> Lady Vengeance. I mean, that's that's actually a pretty good movie. But uh, let's see. He's kind of, it looks like he's kind of running out of, like, super disturbing films because recently it's been stuff like Happiness and Suicide Club. But, uh yeah, I mean, here's here's one from 1964 called The Child Molester. It's apparently it's like a PSA movie that's really disturbing from the 60s. And he, well, yeah, so don't don't watch that one. I'm not recommending that one. That sounds terrible. But like, uh, you know, uh, I Saw the Devil, for example. That's a film that I went to see in theaters. I actually took a date. It was a first date. And um, that's a film about a uh, cannibal serial killer and his uh, two accomplices. And uh, after they behead the... Um, the fiance of a special agent, he uses his investigative skills to go after the cannibal cult of three and stop them. No, this is just a really good film, man. Like if you like the, you know, like Korean V cinema, just really violent, crazy stuff. Like I saw the devil's a fine film. It's on shutter and it's amazing, but like it, it's one that stays with you, man. I mean, you see some rough stuff. It's, it's really cool actually. I mean, cause it's like a cat and mouse thing. It's like, this guy, he he finds out pretty quickly who the serial killer is that killed his fiance like before before the uh, officials do he kind of kind of goes rogue right and he starts so he starts setting up um surveillance on this guy and figuring out who his next victims will be so that every time this guy goes for a victim special agent kind of pops out beats him up does some more terrible stuff to him the victim gets away 
And then the special agent just sort of lets him go again back on the loose. And he's, and it's like, it's weird. It's like a, yeah, it's like this really smart, talented special agent guy, just kind of like playing with a serial killer and letting him think he's safe and he can do it again. Yeah. And he, he makes the serial killer into the victim in a way, but, but uh, you know, like when you play with fire, things go crazy and most revenge is, uh, going to have some issues that comes with it. And so it's, it's a film that gets very disturbing, very quick. So you might like to watch the, uh, the spooky rice, uh, edit of it and just have him talk over it the whole time and joke. And, and, and it's a lot more fun that way. So that's one of the things I like to do on YouTube is I, I use it as a tool to the, the movies that'll give me nightmares that I know are just a little too much for me to handle. I just turned to spooky rice and watch that. That's, always gonna be that's, that's awesome. Hold, hold on one okay. second. We are we are having some technical YouTube difficulties. And speaking of that, we had when we started the show today. For those watching on YouTube, uh, we were setting up and we had like a really cool playlist of '80s metal music videos that were playing. And uh, yeah. this is what happens when you stay on YouTube uh, playlist too long. It kind of runs out of the cool stuff. And so it looks like we have a uh, karaoke lyrics video of one of Iron Maiden's. Uh, newer songs from the latest album book of souls uh it, it's too bad we don't have a we can't hear someone actually doing karaoke that'd too. be kind of fun though this one's a bit of a ballad it's it's a late iron maiden power yeah. ballad which i'm not real uh fond of but uh but book of souls is a good album I mean, it's still iron maiden. mist is in the trees stone sweats with the dew that's the lyrics on the so yeah yes, so okay. so, well, yeah, so YouTube's... maybe people who are watching along at home well, uh, sing, sing Iron Maiden. I Maybe, it but th- this is what I call YouTube going wild. It's when you just leave it running for too long on the television or something or whatever, and you come back and you're just like, what the hell is that? How did that get on there? So uh, maybe I should, should I override this and get back into cool videos? No, let it play, man. Let this wild stallion run free. So if people, and while if people it, tune in I, right now, they're just going to see like you and me talking it looks like we're reviewing iron maiden lyrics like we're just like perfect <laughs> right. what it. else do you like to do on youtube Dave? <laughs> well so the the other channel i was looking up just a moment ago uh is mitch mr h reviews so i i came across his channel again a lot of the, a lot not a lot but not all of the channels that i'm going to recommend are those that deal with film because i'm just a film geek and that's kind of what i'm into but mr h reviews is kind of cool because um if you're a big fan of the movie Hellraiser, which we just talked about last yes. week, then he does a lot of videos on Hellraiser. He breaks down because I'm that guy. Like I'm that guy who watches a film, likes it, and then decides to like dig in for every little bit of analytical thought piece that's associated with said movie. And so he'll break down, uh, you know, the history of Hellraiser, the the uh, differences between the novella and the movie. Uh, the the leaked plans for the Clive Barker reboot that was supposed to happen that never happened. Um, the uh, scar what are they called the Scarlet Letters I think or the Scarlet Diaries maybe it's like his continued in in the Scarlet whatever they're called papers. He um, so backstory Clive Barker came to hate Pinhead. Oh, he oh, really that, hated what they did with the uh, news man. I didn't want to hear that. I know he he but he hated he came to hate what the Hellraiser series came to be because, you know, in his story, Pinhead, which he never, he hated that name. Mm. Uh, Yeah, he was a minor character and Frank was the villain, right? right? Yeah. 
Frank and Julia. So then as, you know, as all horror franchises go, Pinhead got a, a moniker and he kind of sort of getting lumped in with the, the Jasons and the Freddies and the Michael Myers of the world. That just wasn't Clive Barker's intention. So are you, uh, are you, are you bat- what are you doing with that tomato? Oh, it falls into the, falls into the ether. So, um, so, you know, Mr. H reviews will will talk about the differences and how basically Clive Barker killed what he calls the Hell Priest. It's actually a really cool story. I want to read it now. Uh, so, spoilers: if you haven't read Clive Barker's sort of uh, written novelization follow up of of the Hellbound Heart, um, he sort of changes gears from the original one, in which we talked about this a little bit last week, wherein. Uh, Hellraiser and the world of Hellraiser is set in a literal the the Christian hell and heaven, and uh, the Hell Priest, which is his name for Pinhead, goes to find Lucifer, who's kind of been uh, taking a sabbatical from his job of ruling hell, and he finds that Lucifer committed suicide. That after the fall of of the angels into hell, like on a long enough timeline, he just became too depressed being outside of the vision of God, uh, and he kills himself. And so then the the hell priest takes his armor, and he becomes the ruler of hell. But because Lucifer's armor had an essence of Lucifer, uh, Lucifer is, is somehow resurrected, and he utterly, completely destroys the hell priest, a.k.a. Pinhead. All right. Okay. Dave so telling us so about if a you're dream a big, he had. This morning. No, it's not mm-hmm. a dream I had. It's a real, it's a real Clyde <laughs> Barker stuff. Yes, I know. But uh, yeah, so like if you're like a Hellraiser fan and you you want to kind of read some some what I think is some really thoughtful, insightful analysis of the series and and um, the different movies and how they change over time and all those kind of things. Mr. H reviews is a good channel and he does other stuff as well. He doesn't just what's, do Hellraiser. What's some of the other uh, noble every, franchises and things he's done. Oh. Like he'll talk about why he hates Alien versus Predator, oh, wow. for yeah. example. That, that's that's Which kind is, of a you know, good point. Like that, why I hate Alien versus Predator. Like we all hate that. Duh. It's not that's not like a hot take or a shocking awful. thing. But like that's that's kind of something I actually turn to YouTube too for. It's like I want to hear people confirm my opinions on movies and stuff. So that's so right. <laughs> this guy looks like he's gonna agree with me in a good way. Let's listen to him. And yes, yeah, so, 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 and sometimes it helps. Sometimes it helps sort of um, – uh, it's even not even so much just agreeing yeah. with your point of view, but sometimes it helps you really connect with the feeling, yes. like really like kind of – like it's, sometimes you don't like something. You're not quite no, sure they, why. They crystallize. And then like someone puts they, in perspective. They crystallize the, what yeah. we're all thinking. They, they bring it in and say, this is what made it feel so wrong to you. And you're like, yeah, that's – yeah, it is. That's right. That was bullshit. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So – so Mr. H Reviews is a pretty cool channel during these quarantine times. If you want to waste a few hours just watching something that will make you think or make you feel like you're not alone in this universe, then uh, Mr. H Reviews is a good channel to check out. Yeah, that and that's because what we don't want is we don't want you guys going and checking out some of those fringe channels that are going to start making you think that uh, – you're staying in your house because of a crazy conspiracy involving reptile people and aliens and frogs and stuff. Uh, Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. That's I. You know, I heard there was actually a um, an attack 
on like uh, one of the cable services was installing yes. new telephone poles or something. <laughs> like anti anti five G activists came and like ah, tear oh, it down, damn. get them. Ah. Yeah, that's that. Have that's seen, the kind of stuff we, they learned that on YouTube, and and this is what we want to keep. Yeah, we want we want to warn you guys. Be careful out there. Like YouTube, YouTube is is the the great unknown. It is the the wild west, as they as, say. As so I you said, really. As you said at the top of the show, like you got you got to really navigate these these uncharted waters uh, carefully because you might find yourself sharing on Facebook some fucking quack doctor owning the CDC or owning the, the who and telling you how it really is. This is what really yeah. happened with the coronavirus. Let me tell you, the you don't want to be that. Story. Don't don't be if that just, person. If you just connect. The dots, man, and look in, look at, just look into it. To, who stands to gain? You know, that's what I'm saying. It's, I mean, yeah, they can connect dots, they can do all that stuff, and you're sitting there like, yeah, that sounds pretty reasonable, you know, and and it does, and that's why I just don't even go there because it will, it sounds no. reasonable. It sounds like, yeah, I could see that, but the truth is, it's it's, it's not it evidence. It's just a bunch of suspicion, and uh, they call it, and usually it's. Very super, uh, uh, very uh, not substantial. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, uh, very, uh, yes, <laughs> that word. not superficial, yeah. substantial. It's not substantial. It is superficial, but it's uh, it's, yes, that's a word I'm looking yeah, for. It's just bad. It's bad evidence. Uh, circumstantial. That's yeah, true. Very circumstantial. Not with an an- S. An- it sounds like circumstantial an S. and and anecdotal and all that stuff. It's it's a bunch yes. of crap. Uh, my, one of my favorite things is when you get to talking to one of these guys or talking, it's usually on the internet, but you'll, they'll say, uh, well, you need to do some research and you're like, oh yeah, what, what lab did you work in? Where did you do your research doctor? <laughs> and then, they, then what do they send you every time? What do you get? A YouTube, YouTube link every t- Yeah, Exactly. So uh, I just ignore Listen, those, uh, these days, Matt, you gotta stop being a sheeple sheeple, man. They got their own. I, you know what? Uh, someone needs to make a coffee table book because I'd buy it. The uh, the conspiracy theorist dictionary. It could have sheeple in there. It could have uh, yeah, uh, patriot now, their version think, of the word. Uh, all that stuff. Oh yeah. That'd be great. Do you think they should go? Do you think they're like that deep down? They're just like furries that want to go with sheep. You know, like they've got a sheep fetish, but like uh, they don't express that. So like they try to hide it, but like that's code. Man, like, they're. They're sheep dogs. Like, like, maybe they say that. Like maybe you're wait, Maybe they're waiting for someone to be like, "I am a sheeple," and they'll be like, "Oh, no," because and then like they'll meet up and do their furry love. Let's think. We've. Uh, I think I explained on the show before. They're not the sheeple. They're the sheep dogs. Because the sheep dog yes, that. protects the sheep, and sometimes yes, they're the sheep dog, and that's what they. So they're that's their. If there was a furry thing, they might like their uh, partner to be a sheep, and then they'll that's come in like, like full dog outfit and be like, "Let me tell like, you about patriotism, honey." Something along those lines, I think. Yeah, I think there's something to that. Just look into it. There'll be a YouTube video about it. This is a YouTube video about it. Yeah. So just good, post this on Facebook. Good point. <laughs> how conspiracy theorists are really just furries looking for a sheeple to their sheepdog. That's got to be the yeah. motivation. It's everyone needs love. I can't so. think of it. Yeah, that's true. They they certainly do. So don't don't hate them. Just just love them and try to change their minds. But uh, I've got. Uh, Another offering from the from the good side of YouTube, from the lights. Oh yes, this is a uh, a music channel that I prefer. It's oh. it's really cool. It's a 
it's a it's a music history channel, I guess you could say. Uh, but it doesn't uh, get into the uh, the big ones. You're not going to learn about the Rolling Stones uh, on this channel. This is what about Big Mama Thornton? Possibly he might do that. I don't know because this is Todd in the Shadows is his name, and okay. talented Todd uh, uh, comes to us with his show called One Hit Wonderland, in which oh. you learn an in depth history of a one hit wonder band, and it's awesome. I mean, he's done stuff like Wall of Voodoo with their, you know, their Mexican radio, you know, that song. Oh, uh, yeah. That song's great. Uh, right Said Fred. with. Wait, did, wasn't, there, wasn't there a punk band that covered that, Mexican radio? Mexican radio became a cult hit, uh, uh, but it was still, uh, let's say they still count as a one-hit wonder. Uh, but uh, you you get songs like um, uh, Right Said Fred with, uh, you remember I'm Too oh. Sexy? Yes, I I wake up every morning to that. Well, I'm sure you, I believe that about you. There, but there's a whole uh, history of I'm Too Sexy. There was like a whole thing uh, that, that led up to it. They were mu- music producers. They'd worked on all kinds of things you've heard of. It was really cool. They'd worked with, yeah. I mean, like Steely Dan and shit. But like they'd worked with like, because they were a bit older. Right. And it turns out they were like, uh, these two guys were like in their 40s when they did I'm Too Sexy. Right. They were, were they just like goofing around? Couldn't tell. They looked super fit. They they know they, they made an album uh, with a bunch of just kind of like silly pop stuff, but um, they, uh, yeah, that was kind of the goof around song, but it just, it just worked, man. And the producers wanted more of it. And uh, that, so, so you learn about stuff like that on Todd in the shadows with his one hit wonderland series. And, and one of the cool things about him is, um, you know, one of the problems with YouTube right now is they are striking down what they consider profanity. I mean, it's like, it's crazy. It's really? like, yeah. Like when we put motherfuckers, when we put videos on you, well, they don't get them, strike them down, like take them off. But like when we oh. put videos on YouTube, like what you just did right there, uh, which not like any advertisers would be interested in us anyway, but not going to happen now because of what you just, here's what that word you just wait, used made our, listen, uh, not demonetize the video. Right. So if it means that manscaped, won't run ads on this video, then motherfuck, motherfuck, mother, mother, motherfuck, fuck, 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 ass shit. Whoa, Dave with a uh, Jay and Silent Bob re- reference. I, re- I I respect and recognize you. Uh, but what Todd does is he, like a lot of YouTubers, he uses Patreon to make a little money. And the reason why I bring that oh, up yeah. is because if you've out there got like a one hit wonder you've always wanted to know about, you can you can submit to his Patreon and and actually uh, he'll he'll take requests for money oh, and he'll do a video nice. for you and some of the some of the weirder ones you can tell too like some of the ones that he really doesn't want to do but he has to because he was paid but uh, yeah you'll you'll hear I mean it's been for me Dude. it's been a lot of fun this month listening to his stuff and he's he's and he's like a lot of YouTubers uh, release stuff once a month man Todd's working hard he's always out there making new stuff so that's a really good one to check out. That's cool. Have you uh, speaking of music? Have you heard? Oh fuck! I don't even know what the song is called. It's like this song that nobody knows who put it out. It's kind of got like an eighties new a- new wave vibe, sort of. Um, there's like there's like all these Reddit threads about who put this single out, but no one no one has stepped up. No artist has stepped up to claim credit for it. A, a mysterious eighties single exists, and no one knows where it came from. Is yeah. what you're saying? But like if you heard it, if you heard it, you'd be like, oh, I've totally heard the song before. But like they, no one can figure out who recorded this. Now, this so, is the uh, kind of thing that when someone says you should do some research, YouTube would be appropriate for researching something like this. Right. right. 
we'll have to look into it. I'll ask Jude because I know Jude has has gone down the the rabbit hole of trying to figure the song out. But I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears slightly. I'm gonna sort of uh, pick something that's a little less in the realm of entertainment per se. Um, and I'm actually gonna reference two channels, but it's really one artist. He just changed channels at one point, uh, and that's Damien Eccles. Now, oh wow! I don't know. Poor Damien Eccles, man. Wow, a hero though. I'm I'm sorry to interrupt, but he's a no, it's a okay. guy. That's what I I just every time I'm reminded of the West Memphis Three, it's like it hits me in the heart, man. That's that's a that's a hell of a story. Those poor kids, super insane, and, and um, you know I think they were just a little bit older than us. I mean, maybe three or four years, not not much, um, maybe more. But like I think the first documentary came out like in '93 or '94, maybe. Yeah. You know, so, so they weren't much older than us. And, you know, as two guys that grew up in the South and liked alternative music and at least for me, wore black and Matt was a skater kid. He just uh, said, see you later, kid. And he got in trouble with the law, you know, like like that could have just as easily been us. And so um, yeah, I'm always yeah. sort of if we had grown up in the right town. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, or the wrong town. The, the wrong t- yeah, ex- yeah, wrong, wrong place, wrong time, or something. I, I yeah, right, that, yeah, totally. I mean, that uh, God, I just, I, I still think of that scene on uh, Paradise Lost where it's like before their trial and they're the news is they're interviewing them and they're in their suits that their parents bought them so they look normal and they're they're just joking around being kids because they don't know that they're in danger. That is right. the most heartbreaking thing to me. It's like they. They, they they still like like all kids. They assume it's a civilized, normal world, and you don't go to prison if, unless you do something. And they don't know the danger they're in, and they're just having fun on the, like the, one of their last That's nights right. of freedom. Oh man, yeah, I'm sorry. You were trying and, to say a lot of things, and I just okay. That's okay. No, it's 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 uh, because of all the things that you've listed. I always sort of kept sort of a, a cursory following of the case and then eventually as i got out like i bought his book and then um you know then and then a couple years ago uh, he put out about about, maybe about a year and a half ago he put out a book called high magic Uh uh-huh okay and i i bought the book um and like often is the case with many of my book collection i you know started to read it and then i got distracted and i've got like a, a shelf of unfinished books in various stages and i kind of put it down but uh on my way back, when this whole quarantine thing happened, for whatever reason, I just felt really compelled to to re-familiarize myself with the book, and and then I just started going down that rabbit hole, and I and I started. He, he posted a video on YouTube, and basically saying like, look, from his perspective of someone who had was in solitary confinement for like over ten years, in prison for nearly twenty years, God. he was trying to offer some tips on. Um, how you can kind of, you know, manage these quarantine times. Not that what we're all experiences is the same as being in solitary confinement in federal prison, but certainly the, the feelings of isolation, the feelings of loneliness, the feelings of disconnectedness. Yeah. And so um, in both his Damien Echoes channel and a older channel that he used to have called the Crimson Lotus, he talks a lot about ceremonial magic. Matt, you might be more familiar with this by by, by uh, the order in which practiced and popularized this, which is the Order of the Golden Dawn. The Order of the Golden Dawn. 
What is that? You may have heard of a. That's you may a... have heard of one of their more infamous magicians, Mr. Alistair Crowley. Oh yeah, Crowley. Yeah, he's he's all right. He's you know he's cool, man. He wrote that book and stuff. Uh, yeah. Well, so a lot of what yeah. Damien talks about is sort of the application of ceremonial magic to everyday life. Um, if you're into chaos magic, Grant Morrison, right, obviously, yeah. you know, derived from that. Uh, Alan Moore. Alan Moore is like even more closely associated with some of the practices of the of the Golden Dawn. And we talked about this, didn't we? Like on a, a previous comic book episode where we talked about sort of the, 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 the magical war between Grant Morrison and Alan Moore. Well, yeah, Grant Morrison is just what I mean. He he goes full on like I do magic. I'm a you know chaos magic works and all that hack the universe. Where Alan Moore, I feel like he's he uses it more of a metaphorical way, uh, metaphorical metaphysics, if you will. Where where he's kind of just saying like art is a form of magic, and the art that Mm. I make. Is how I manipulate the uh, the universe and the you know the the workings of it. But uh, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm, I haven't you know. I just basing this off some interviews I've seen. It's not like I've chatted with the guy anytime recently or anything or ever. Sure. So I, I don't know. But um, uh, so Damien Eccles has a YouTube channel where he's showing how to do magic spells and rituals and and whatnot. Yeah, uh, it's less it's less about that and it's more about. It's less about like showing you spells and rituals per se. Like if you're if you follow him on Patreon, he also has a Patreon. Uh-huh. He kind of breaks down things like the tarot cards and and like really nice sort of uh, simplified explanation. And uh, he might talk about some rituals. A lot of what he talks about though is a lot of breath work, a lot of meditation, and a lot of energy work. Okay. Now, okay. I I know that certain science minded people might kind of roll their eyes at that, but but even if you know, even if you don't, even if you have zero connection with any sort of like a higher consciousness or higher source or any of that nature, um, I think what the the goal of the Golden Dawn and and by extension Damien Eccles would be to remove the dogma from technique and span the globe and look at uh, all the various philosophies and religions and spiritual practices and. See what works, what has a has a, a resounding effect, and remove the dogma from it, and practice it, and make it better, and make it your own. Interesting. So even if uh, even if you're if you only want to look at it as like a mind mindfulness, you know, you've heard of mindful meditation. Yes. Or uh, you know, you want to think about it as a sort of a mind over matter kind of scenario. However, you want to envision it. A lot of the practices, especially right now, when people are going through a, a transition, you know, being in quarantine. Think people are um, are going to be forced into some kind of sort of internal evolution by just the nature of this sort of change in their life, right? This break in their life. Uh, I find it really helpful, and I think a lot of people would too, regardless of what your spiritual beliefs are. I think uh, that you you can find some 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 technique that has a positive impact on your life and on your mood and on your positivity, staying positive. You know, like a managing your self-speak and things of that nature. These are all kind of things he talks about and uh, does so in a very conversational way, which feels very intimate, which I appreciate. 
Well, I, one, one thing I could say is that uh, most chaos magic rituals and, and spells and whatnot, they're, they're actually kind of fun and artistic. That's, that's what I like about them. It's uh, like, I don't believe in magic, obviously, but, uh, you know, I've, I've talked enough on that show. If you listen to like two or three episodes, you probably understand that. Nah, nah, I'm a god. nah. Nah, <laughs> but uh, I, I did. I did do a spell once and uh, had a very striking coincidence that may have con- may have would convince someone uh, that that something happened. Uh, it was you remember uh, back when my house. I was, have a witch hat now. You you have a witch hat on. Yeah, so you're doing a spell right now. That's um, so you would be better at spells right now than than I would be because I just I've got a western shirt and th- but I have a. I am growing a mustache. You have 3D I am growing a very satanic mustache right now, as represented by my avatar. That's in true. Here. But uh, now, I, I, my house had been burglarized. You know, lost a lot of stuff: guitars, computer, money. Uh, roommates lost stuff. A lot of uh, tools. You know, mainly right. things for making art, though. Art tools. Uh, did you know? Computer, music instruments, things that I used in my process. And um, I had watched a uh, speech with Grant, Grant Morrison at the Disinformation Festival in Canada where he explained how to make uh, magic sigils and hack the universe, right? Uh, okay, yeah. So I, it was uh, essentially what it came down to is, uh, I, to sum it up, you, um, you write out your, your spell, your, your wish or whatever in magical sounding language. And so this is where the artist in you is going to kind of get involved and, uh, you know, make it, make it sound like a wizard saying it, you know? So write that down, then remove all of the vowels from, from it. Right. And then you just take all and all the spaces. So you just have a stream of uh, consonants now and all the repeating, right? Yep. Strike out all the repeating ones. That's right. And then, uh, what you have left is uh, a handful of uh, shapes, you know, basically these letters, uh, and you just kind of start taking the letters and, and putting it, lo- overlaying them, taking shapes out of them, and just make it look, by combining all these letters into a shape, make it look as magical as you can. And that's another where I, I see it as an art project, because I'm like, I can make something look magical. I'm an sure, artist, you know? right. And so uh, I had... Basically, the way I had seen it is my tools for my livelihood were stolen from me. My livelihood being my trade uh, and my computer, my guitar and all that being my tools. I said, so I wrote down tools for the trade. And I ended up with a a sigil that looks sort of like a scorpion shape. And um, I kept it with me for about a week. And uh, at the end of that week, a... uh, a coworker came to visit the house. He was visiting, visiting a roommate and uh, he saw, I had this, you know, those little uh, fold up dollies you get at the store for like moving. You can't really move furniture around it, but maybe you could use it for like a suitcase or something. If you went traveling, you know, it's like a collapsible uh, dolly. It's, it's, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, sure. yeah. It's cheap. You get them for like 30 bucks at the store. And I had one of those in the living room. It just happened. I had been, I just had it in there and uh, he saw it and he was like, Hey man, I, I need a dolly. Uh, I'll trade you some stuff for this. And I said, man, you can just, you can just have it. And like two days later, he came back with like all these like tools, not what I was looking for though. Of course it was a very monkey's paw thing. It was like drills and hammers and like just extra, extra tools from a saw, like all these extra tools from his garage worth way more than that dolly, you know? 
And so I'm like, uh, okay, hey, wow. I did a magic spell and it literally, like, the the end result was, like, literally what I had uh, put in it. So that was, now that is what we in the uh, rational skeptical community would call a coincidence. And that's all anybody can call it because two things happening that are re- seem related are just a coincidence. But, hey, well, pretty fun one, I'd say. So it's definitely worth doing the magic rituals because that shit is fun. When it, do- when it looks well, like it works, you have a really really cool time and maybe a cool story. I don't know. I'll let the audience be the judge of that. Well, not only that, but like what you described is exactly how magic works. Like you magic literally works. said pause for the trade quotations, uh, magic with a K can't do quotations. And with my hands. <laughs> you, um, you know, you weren't as probably specific as you could have been, but there is, there is some, there are some studies of the scientific nature that have, talked about the the uh the possibility of a collective consciousness okay okay yeah um yeah Yeah. sorry let me get the let me get that out (laughs) okay what so real studies real real studies that 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 try to see if they can find a connection and any sort of subnets behind uh the idea of a collective consciousness we know for a fact for a scientific fact that this exists within certain animals Certain animals have a way of communicating beyond traditional human methods, um, ESP or hive mind, you know, insects and what have you. Uh, whether or not humans have that, I guess, is really has not become uh, something that I would say is solid science. But there's some something to that, and there's something that scientists are exploring, right? Sure, sure. So, so even if you're the most hardcore of skeptics. Even if you're just looking at it as this idea that maybe the, the idea of a, a some form of collective consciousness does exist, if there's some way to like influence people or influence the results of your life subconsciously, uh-huh. uh, listen, call it what you want to call it. I call it magic. I think it can be utilized. I think you can hack the matrix. So I like this channel. If you have any interest in it at all in magic, I think it's worth following. If you just want to try to learn some techniques that might make you just feel better, um, help put things in perspective, help you stay more in the moment and kind of out of your head, uh, then then I think absolutely. I think you should follow it, and I think that uh, hopefully you get something good from it. Well, that sounds great. And as far as Damien Eccles' channel and stuff, I, I think you've got a great recommendation there. But as far as the stuff about learning about collective conscience and scientific research – once again, YouTube is not the place for that. So don't don't try to look up anything Dave just said on YouTube uh, regarding but science, are, but, <laughs> because it's. But there are but there are actual scientific papers on it. So there's a study regarding uh, the New York crossword puzzle and people in isolation that was done. Yes. So and, and you guys can look is for it. What you will be looking for those papers. All right, Dave. I'm gonna tell you what Oops. I like to do. You brought up skepticism, my man, and. I have a really cool channel for skeptics that I like a lot. You know, it's what's that? This guy, he's like kind of like the Bill Nye the Science Guy of YouTube. It's awesome. Like, imagine if uh, Bill Nye and you know uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, how they like to go out and debunk stuff that's popular. Like, imagine if they were doing that I, just I focused would on YouTube. Neil, I, I don't want to k- uh, kick Neil deGrasse Tyson in the balls sometimes. Oh, well, okay, sure. Uh, uh, he's kind of a prick. Jeez. All right. Well, I liked Cosmos. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I but then know. he says stupid stuff in those school shootings. Well, once again, just, I'm um, not on Twitter, so p- 
please forgive me if uh, some, somebody that you've gotten mad at, at twi- on Twitter, uh, I'm not aware of that because there's a reason I stay off that shit. But anyway, uh, this guy is not Neil deGrasse Tyson in the sense you just brought up. He doesn't say things that make it where David want to kick his balls. He's, he's, he calls himself Captain Disillusionment. And he's a guy that, uh, like you, Dave, he's worked in cinema, but he's been like a special effects guy, you know, not and not like a big famous one. Anything you've, you know, a lot of stuff you've heard on, I'm sure. But like he's he he's in it enough and he's good enough that he knows when to recognize. See, a lot of these a lot of times, one of the things YouTube also is responsible for is these viral videos. I'm saying that like it's the first yeah, time anybody yeah. like, have you heard the that, term viral video? I'm sounding like my my mom like or something. Keyboard cat. Keyboard cat is probably not something he would do, but like stuff like uh, a video from Australia where a car was struck by lightning, and then five seconds later another car was struck by lightning, and um, you watch Captain Disillusionment because he'll go in and he'll show you where uh, he recognizes you know lightning effects number five from uh adobe after effects or something like that you know and 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 so that's kind of what he's doing is he's he not he not only like debunks videos but he shows you how they were made and it's amazing because he he focuses on these ones that are the videos that are like those ones that try to slip under the radar you know nothing too extravagant yeah a car getting struck by lightning nothing to doubt there no reason to doubt but why why was it made why you know was it real no it was actually it was from an advertising firm and some, cause sometimes cool. these advertising firms, they'll, they'll make these videos and they'll release them on some corporate YouTube channel because it draws people to that YouTube channel and they start subscribing and then they see all the ads and stuff that come later. So, wow, so there's lots of reasons. Yeah. There's lots of weird reasons to produce fake viral videos that look like home videos that look, you know, they look like something that why would they lie? But, or they're like a Geico commercial. Yeah, they might be, but but often they're not. Often they're just there's no corporate logo. There's nothing that makes you think it's anything suspicious. It just looks like a home video of uh, some guy throwing a knife at his girlfriend's head and cutting a pineapple in half that's on top of her head. And you're like, oh, that was amazing. That's so cool. But it's not real. And Captain Disillusionment will show you how it actually happened. And it's a lot of fun because it 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 really too it's imp- it's an important channel in my opinion because it brings up the fact that like a, a, so often in today's age the stuff that is in that category of why would they make it up why would they lie why would they fake it it must be real that's the stuff that you should be most suspicious of actually it's it's weird but like that's where we're at right now where it's like people are it's the videos that are slipping under the radar making you think like oh cool that cat just did a backflip off that four year old's head and uh you know caught a frisbee and it, you know what i mean so that that obviously you would suspect yeah. that but one of the cat could have done that some cats are pretty pretty sneaky that way yes but captain disillusionment will show you this cat didn't do that it was fake and so that no. but that's the kind of stuff he likes to do uh often you'll see these videos of people with invisible cloth you know oh some inventor invented invisible cloth you know and he'll show you how that's done and what's cool is he's um he's gotten big enough now where he's gotten to have like people like uh, you remember Beekman's World, that awesome science show from the yeah. yeah. So he's on shows with like show. he's done a show with him before. Uh, he's got you know other YouTube celebrities come on there and help him out. So uh, it's but it's one of my favorites. He's he's kind of weird. He kind of pre- presents it like he's a superhero from space called Captain Disillusionment, and he's come to like show us all this stuff. But uh, he he also has some really great videos out about like how to make your own 
YouTube channel because it's uh he does it on very little resources and uh, it works really well. And you, he's one of those kind of guys that like not only are all these people making fake videos, but you can too, and you can do this too. And he and he always takes you there and shows you how to do it. So I, that's one I definitely recommend. Well, very cool. I think we have uh, a good mixture of different types of video and channels that you can subscribe to and hopefully stay clear of some of those uh, conspiracy pitfalls that try to convince you that like coronavirus is a big um, Chinese hoax is what it's, I keep hearing. My God. Whatever. Chinese uh, hoax, 5G hoax. Those are oh, people 5G, hoax. Don't forget that. Uh, don't listen to good crazy talking heads. We find find some good quality content that's going to enrich your life because so much about this time is going to hinge on what we put inside of ourselves, right? Like if you think of uh, if you think of your nutritional health, right? Yeah. You can either spend this quarantine eating cookies and getting out of shape, or you can you know eat healthy and you can exercise and you can feel good when you get on the other end of this. Right. Well, the same thing goes for our brains. And I think with YouTube, you got to, it's like going down the grocery aisle. You got to make sure you stay out of the sugary and sweet sections and you got to go get you some good, healthy veg, maybe some proper starches, some tofu, stay away from That's the meat, right. things of stay, that nature. Stay, what is it? Stay on the perimeter of the grocery store, stay out of the shelves. That's uh, right. But at the same time, there is definitely good information on YouTube, good, good nutritional, good scientific information, good, all kinds of stuff. But because good magical information, yeah, but, but because it's YouTube, if you've, if there's something profound that's really changing your worldview that you're hearing on YouTube, get a second opinion, find more sources, talk to experts. Yes. That's what we're trying to say. We're not saying, I mean, it's just that this, this idea of YouTube as research is ridiculous. It doesn't hold up. It's not, you, it's not where you go to learn the important things, you know? So if you hear something that sounds like it might be right, might be true, might be really cool. Well, that's, that's something for you like, put a pin in it and, and look for, more and, and seek out experts and, and, you know, don't just go off that, you know, because you're going to get, man, you're going to get super weird. You're going to start thinking the earth is flat and yeah, 5G right. causes coronavirus. Uh, I mean, there's a God or giraffes yeah, or, or Steve-O from Jackass is a reptile man. You know, there's all kinds of crazy. What did you just say? Questions from Nicorette. Anthony Petrie asks, what is your favorite movie and why is it Terminator 2? So thank you, Anthony, who comes to us all the way from the United Kingdom. Um, so I hate to say this, but actually my favorite film of all time is Blade Runner, uh, which is at least in the same genre as Terminator 2. And I'm not taking anything away from Terminator 2. It just, uh, it just, I just happen to like the sort of noir aspect of Blade Runner a bit more than Terminator Two. You have such amazing performances from Harrison Ford, which automatically, like, if you were to like scale any sort of film project, putting Harrison Ford in your movie actually gives you like, like, if these were boxing rounds, you get like an extra point just for having him in your movie. So maybe. If the T-800 had been played by Harrison Ford instead of uh, – uh, or maybe it probably would have been more like the T-1000 was played by Harrison Ford instead of um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, then I might I might give it Terminator 2. But as it stands right now, it's Blade Runner. However, what I do love about Terminator 2 is the fact that uh, it's got Arnold uh, in his coolest look in any of the 
uh, Terminator films with like the leather jacket and leather pants, and he rides a motorcycle, and he like he like, spins his his shotgun to like fire off rounds, you know? And, oh like, yeah, uh, like is he 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 doesn't even pump it. He does like a thing where he kind of pop pop, and it's like ready for yeah. the next. That was so cool. Like look at my nub, like just like this. Oh man, that reminds me. Have you seen like YouTube videos where people try to shoot guns like that? Like the no, like the akimbo, oh like both hands out. You know, uh, it's amazing. Like if you ever want to see someone get just whacked in the face by a shotgun, uh, watch them try to do that Terminator shotgun move on YouTube. Oh, I'm afraid they're gonna blow their goddamn heads off. Well, the the bullets go out the front, so they're okay there. The problem is that it throws the gun back. Uh, and really hard and right into the person behind the gun and and that's where the where the laughter bueno. starts on our side as viewers yeah well so there you go arnold is so strong as a t800 that he can do wacky firing of guns and doesn't hit himself in the head uh and you know for a movie that came out in the 90s the special effects hold out hold up incredibly well and oftentimes are way better than the stuff that they're putting out now you're talking about Terminator 2 or are you talking about Blade Runner? Both. You know, that makes me th- like, so they're both movies about fake humans in a sense. So like, what what if like the Blade Runner was, you know, what if Harrison Ford was out hunting uh, simul- simulants, replicants, what are they called? Simulants, right? Replicants. Uh, replicants. Yeah. What if he's out hu- hunting replicants and like, oh shit, this one's actually a Terminator. That could be a pretty Dude. good, pretty good movie. A little crossover. I- like, like, look, Alien versus Predator suck, but Terminator versus Blade Runner would be awesome. That it needs to happen. Why hasn't that happened? At least like an anime. Can we do? You know, what we should get. We should get like an anime version, so we can get both Harrison Ford and Arnold Schwarzenegger drawn like in their prime. You know. Yes. But have like the gruffer, you know, older actors voice their characters still. This would be good. You could get that crew that did that Castlevania. Uh, animated yeah. oh man that this is good stuff and we're you know we're just putting it out there into the universe as we're we're floating up here in, the, uh, in front of the full moon with judas priest videos playing behind us we we hope this idea will catch on because we want to be on this show two years from now complaining about the terminator blade runner crossover and how terrible it is that sounds wonderful <laughs> no it's gonna be amazing because we're gonna, gonna do magic amazing. And we're going to will it into manifestation. That's right. We have all the tools of chaos to make it work. That's right. What about you? Why is Terminator 2 your favorite film? My favorite film is... Okay, well... my I Okay, now... It's a tricky wording question, but I think I can do it. Uh, my, my favorite film is probably True Stories. The, the David Byrne film that he made in the 80s. Oh. Uh, based on the Talking Head album where... David Byrne plays some kind of, uh, I don't know if he's like an investor or a businessman or, or what he is, a reporter, but he goes to the little town of Virgil, Texas, who's having their bicentennial parade and he fashion challenge show stuff. And he, and he goes and he just meets all these weird people from this town. And it's like, I think it's my favorite film because it's just year after year. Like no film has brought me more joy, man. I just, I love the music. I love the cast. John Goodman's in it. Uh, Tito Arriva from Tito and the Tarantula is in it. And, um, you get to see him real young. Uh, the band Radiohead actually like got their name from this movie. Radiohead being oh. a talking head song that's in the film. It's it's just such a cool movie. 
And I think it's, I think it is. I think it's my favorite film, man. I just, I watch it all the time still. And it's one that I'm always recommending to people. If they haven't seen it, I'm like, oh, you got to see True Stories. The album, True Stories is great. And what's cool is like, if you like that Talking Heads album, you get to see the, the movie. You get to see all these people sing the songs of the Talking Heads. Uh, but it's, you know, David Byrne hardly does any singing in the whole film, though it is kind of a musical. But yeah, that's probably oh, my favorite film. And, and the reason why it's Terminator 2 T-O-O, it's Terminator 2. Get what I get? Oh, get I, what I did there. there. Okay. The reason why it's also Terminator is because I have long suspected that David Byrne is secretly an android from the future sent back to change the course of events. I Not in a Terminator kill John Connor kind of way, but because I, I think the future is probably actually a pretty enlightened place. So I figure if they're sending androids You're back... You're more optimistic than I am. I am, I am. And I, I figure if they're sending androids back in human skin... David Byrne might be one of them and they probably send them back to make really nice art that progresses the society and, you know, just makes us better all around. And David Byrne has proven himself to be a bit of an activist as well. And he's a hell of an artist. So if there was a T3000, T-Rex 3000, that would probably, David Byrne would be that model. And so, so that's why True Stories is my favorite film and, Android from the future, David Byrne, is the reason why it's probably Terminator 2. Okay, now here's a question for you. If you believe that David Byrne was, is or was an android, uh, if, there were, if in the future androids were going to send back a Terminator to kill you, what skin would this Terminator be wearing to get you to drop your guard long enough for them to take you out? Oh, you know what I'm right. saying? Yeah, like somebody that you know, just I would trust him just right away when I see him. I'd be like, that guy's all right. No need to worry. Yeah, exactly. No need to put up my and defenses. Then, and then he pulls a shotgun out and he spins it around and blasts your head off. That would probably be young Luke Wilson, like Bottle Rocket era <laughs> Luke Wilson. Uh, yeah, all right. Uh, he was just the so shaved head. No, did he have a shaved head in that film? I, uh, it's kind yeah. of like a like a flat top, didn't he have? Like no, a, the, uh, like a buzz cut. Owen, Owen did. Owen had that, you know, because that guy's like, oh, you're in the military. And he's like, no, I like to keep my hair short. But uh. yeah, both the Wilson, all three of the Wilson brothers, in fact, if you know your, uh, if you, if Andrew Wilson, Andrew Wilson, the future man. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, man. If, if you know your film history, uh, all three of the Wilson brothers, Andrew Wilson, he's a, he's actually a producer like you. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. So there, that's, love it. that's a thing. A man of talent and a, a pretty amazing name as well. Yeah, the older, lesser-known Luke Wilson or Wilson brother Andrew Wilson. Now, he, I wouldn't send him. They that nickname that he has in Bottle Rocket, Future Man. Uh, that yeah, that's be careful with that. That's kind what of a tip off. Well, that's what his brothers actually call him in real life because they think he's a big Terminator-looking guy. So they call him Future Man. <laughs> but uh, so not Andrew Wilson, but Luke Wilson, I think would get me to let my guard down enough. I'd just be like, this guy is so sweet and nice and, and, and harmless. And and uh, I, I would Wilson? get terminated. Owen Wilson, I, I think I'd, so be, she, here's your, I'd be a so, little more so suspicious. I think. <laughs> even like, no, I'm still I'm suspicious laser, of Owen Wilson. Like laser hands. What I want you to do is I want you to just take a look in my eyes. That's my that's my Owen Wilson impression. Yeah, and you're looking right in my eyes right now. This is creepy. How's that? How's that work? How'd that work out? <laughs> There's a with the witch yeah. hat. It's not that threatening actually. Oh, I'm doing magic. Um, I think mine would have to be David Bowie. David of Bowie. any age. I they, yeah. I love David Bowie, but don't you find him a little terrifying looking? I mean, he's. 
He's all gaunt you know? and, and bony and he's got two colored eyes and he's didn't yes. ever really seem to age correctly. I, I don't know, man. What? Well, see, here's the thing with David Bowie. I would believe that David Bowie could resurrect himself. And so it wouldn't strike me as odd that someone who passed away four years ago, whatever it was, uh, is knocking on my door. I would just assume that in David Bowie's timeline, at the speed at which time works for David Bowie's, three days have passed and thus he arises again. Uh, David Bowie doesn't need to resurrect himself because he never died. He lives on in all of us. Is he kind of like a Tupac and Ovis? They're just sort of hanging out on like famous islands where like people who just don't want the spotlight anymore, they fake their own death and they go to this island and they like... uh, No, no. I mean, he he didn't fake... Like the guy got cancer and was like super old, but I just mean he lives on. Bowie lives. Bowie lives. Well, with that, I want to thank you guys for coming on and this journey through virtual Valhalla with us to talk about the dangers and some of the few bright spots on YouTube. We know that you guys will be spending a lot of time watching the YouTubes during this quarantine time. And we hope that you, uh, you spend it putting, you know, something that's substantial in your bodies, you know, much like nutrition, what we feed our brains and our minds and our hearts is just as important to stay healthy. So be weary of, videos about lizard people and uh 5g networks and uh you know what's uh what's some more flat earth Earth. stay away from flat earth god yeah stay away from all those anti-vaccine myths anti-vaccines idea of unicorns you know all that stuff stay away from it stay stay vigilant yeah and uh hopefully some of our suggestions will lead you on the path of enlightenment and when all else fails you can always watch Mr. Rob Hofford and Judas Priest and his crooning and his leather spiky gloves and hell yeah these because we we, we have found a killer live Judas Priest concert right now that we're watching and uh, so so like we've like we've said tonight and and like we want you to know there's not not everything on YouTube is going to be bad or, or silly or anything we're on YouTube right now so hey there's that but like if you hear something on YouTube that sounds like it should you know, change your life or, or, or make you change the way you're living, not get vaccinated, whatever. Just, just get some second opinions. Talk to some experts, man. Don't, don't just take it all from here. YouTube is not research. It's just, uh, talk to me. It's yeah. Well, no, don't talk to Dave. This, I mean, I mean, talk to Dave, I gotta like, have. Don't sa- save the more important questions for better sources, uh, sources. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyways, thank you guys. Uh, thank you for joining us. We hope that you found this enlightening. Let us know what some of your favorite YouTube channels are. And for Dave and Matt, this has been the Grindhouse Podcast. Adios. You're listening to the Grindhouse Podcast on the Dave Forgot to Ask Me to Record an Outro Network. Please follow us on Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast and listen to us every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, and now on Spotify.